FBI Director James Comey's letter to Congress in late October that the Bureau would investigate new emails related to Hillary Clinton's email server shook up this year's presidential campaign in its final days. Those emails reside on a computer shared by close Clinton aide Huma Abedin and her estranged husband, former U.S. Representative Anthony Weiner of New York. But on Sunday, Comey, in another letter to Congress, said the review of the Aberdeen Wiener computer did not change the FBI's conclusion expressed in July that Clinton should not be charged with a crime. Comey's latest letter did not provide details on what the latest investigation found. The FBI discovered the emails, perhaps as many as 650,000 of them, while examining the computer as part of a criminal probe into Wiener's sexting images of himself to an underage girl in North Carolina. How would the FBI have even thought about examining the computer for State Department classified emails? I put that question to Rob Lee. He's a digital forensic expert and author who teaches at the Sands Institute and runs his own IT security consultancy. I spoke with Lee late last week before Comey's latest pronouncement. Lee wasn't privy to the specifics of the examination of the Aberdeen Wiener computer, but here's what he surmises. The law enforcement, the FBI in this case, did a full image of his laptop. They plugged it into an automated tool which scours everything, and then they started noticing that there are emails from Huma on here, and it was a, literally what stumbled across. And then those uh, analysts slash agents looked at this and said, hey, I should probably let those guys know. It looks like there's some, uh, some emails on here from uh, Secretary Clinton. And then they came and looked at it and said, okay, these are interesting, and they probably did a more rigorous search at that point and found something interesting. I don't think, based off of the normal process that forensicators go through, they don't say only look at one person's part of the hard drive. It's really hard to separate it because it's like a sandbox, not like a house with compartments and everything is nice and neat. It's a sandbox. You know, data is everywhere and you're filtering the sandbox looking for everything. You run a tool to automate all of your analysis across the entire sandbox, not realizing that those emails were on there. I would guess that is 99% likely what happened here. I really do not think in any instance here that they likely said, hey, there's probably things here. It's because there's multiple other locations they could be looking at for this. I think this is truly accidental discovery. A court granted the FBI permission to examine the Aberdeen emails. Forensically, how did the FBI go about examining the Aberdeen Wiener computer? The process that digital forensics investigators usually accomplish is very similar to what is accomplished in the legal community when they are performing e-discovery. E-discovery is a collection effort of gathering email and documents across a enterprise. Because a single email usually generates multiple copies, you know, if I send an email to you, that email is replicated on the server. There's a copy in our send items and there'll be a copy in your inbox. So a minimum of four, if those are the only devices that we use. And of course, since I have a smartphone, you have a smartphone. We probably also have portable laptops and others. But we also start replicating that. It starts to become a single email could generate uh, six or seven different locations that the same email, but just between two people uh, might reside in. And as soon as you start adding more people to the CC or uh, to list on an email, that number starts to really get large. The legal community and technologists for many years now have come up with a system that when you're scouring through multiple different email sets that you potentially have access to, you know, say for example, right now, they have the original email trove that they've collected from Larry Clinton. 
And on the second side, we have Anthony Weiner's laptop, some email, unspecified exact number, how many is there. And they would do a deep process of uh, deduplication of the email. What that is essentially doing is that it's comparing the emails to see if it's the same email that they already have. And it's actually a fairly rapid process. If you just have two data stores that you're working off of, they could probably do deduplication in, in hours, to be quite honest, even if they're like 35,000, 100,000 emails that they would have to do. And part of this is matched based off of every email generates its own signature. It's called a message ID. There's multiple layers of these tools that will go through and say, is this a quote unquote copy? Because if you know I send an email to three people, then that's the same email on three additional systems. And then you want to basically reduce that down to one copy. So that's the probably the first stage. It's very automated. The tools usually do the heavy lifting for you at this point. E-discovery tools, Lee uses a product called Nuix, allows investigators to quickly identify duplicate emails. Remember, identifying duplicate emails was critical to the examination of the Abedin Wiener computer. The FBI wanted to eliminate duplicate emails on the Abedin computer that also appeared on Clinton's server so investigators wouldn't have to waste time reviewing those messages. After all, they've already been vetted in the original investigation. It basically it eliminates your eye from seeing duplicates. Here you're trying to do deduplication of what do we already have and what percentage is you know, things we've seen before. After eliminating duplicates, the next step was to conduct keyword searches of terms that could identify classified information. The major complaint against Clinton for using a private server is that some classified materials were found on her unsecured computer. The FBI wanted to know if emails containing classified materials could have been found on the Aberdeen computer as well. To do that, investigators likely created a keyword list. And usually the keyword lists in many law enforcement eyes, they call this a dirty word search. Why they call it a dirty word search is that if these are key terms that have found, it's usually not a good thing. You know, that they may be classified information, program names, or maybe they're aware of certain types of, you know, uh, redacted emails that have, uh, that have been found on other locations that they're trying to do the same keyword searches that may be on the other same system. That's a very rapid process. Automated tools does string searching extremely well. And it will do string searching not only across emails, but it will scour documents, Excel spreadsheets, PDFs, any of the attachments that have come across email. And there may be document markings, program names. I'm sure they have a very robust keyword list that they've been using you know, to help out this automated process. Investigators weren't looking for exact matches. Here's where it gets really interesting. See, look at a classified email. This is what looks like a classified email. And you could tell Nuix to say, find things that look similar to this. And it's it's kind of a loose in Google, you know, where you say find something exact, but it says, hey, it's it's kind of like this, but it doesn't need to be exact. But find anything that's kind of a sort of match. It would look for certain keywords that are similar to the same subject. Nuix and other programs do a really good job of sorting based on things that are based on similarity of the words. And so they've taken an exemplar document or two and use that to say, hey, is there anything that kind of looks like this? And again, this is automated. You let the tool do the heavy lifting. But again, when you're dealing with 100,000 or even 30,000 emails, this is extremely useful because say you have an email that's you know really critical. Say, I need something similar to this. You can look at things you may not be aware of, but that would still be a manual review or anything that is highlighted. You might get 100, 150 emails, but then you have to manually go through each one and sort it at that point. Once the automated tools identified unique emails, the review process was most likely conducted manually. Usually it's a conference room with anything that's left over that they, they're not sure about would be printed out and they would do manual review and basically do a triage. Absolutely not related to it, not sure, and 
we need someone you know to look at this and you know figure out if this is classified or not. Lee says the initial review of the remaining emails and documents that might have contained classified information would likely have been conducted by a low-level employee, perhaps even an intern who has a security clearance. And it doesn't need to be the person needs to be classification guidance officer. It could be someone who is fairly low level just saying, listen, if you see anything that looks weird to you, raise your hand. We'll have a second tier analyst look at it and then we'll continue forwarding up the chain until we say, is this something that's you know classified or not? It's a way to filter is you initially say, is it red or you know, black or white? And then they look at it. Okay, now it's a little bit more gray than that. And then now this is a little bit more white. So okay, then it's discarded. But no, this is definitely classified. And you have it and you go through why is it classified? And the classification officer would look at it. In particular, looking for sources, means, and methods people or how they're collecting data, you know, those type of things are usually what causes things to be classified in combination of two different data types, those type of things. With the investigation of the Aberdeen Wiener computer seemingly over and Comey suggesting no charges will be brought against Clinton in her use of a personal email server, the brouhaha over her emails should be over, right? Don't count on it, even after the election. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro.